Hey there, it's Alex. Just a really quick announcement before we get started here. We were totally booked out for our Cost of Glory Rome retreat this summer, 2024, June 30th through July 7th. But we've managed to make some adjustments and we've found room for another one or two slots. So if you're interested in visiting the great sites of Rome, discussing the merits of Rome's greatest men with me, and also improving as a speaker with the insights of ancient rhetoric and a whole lot of live practice and discussion, check out the retreat website at costofglory.com retreat. Hope to see you in Rome. Okay, now for the episode. How do you win friendships with powerful and influential people? If you're trying to do some great good in the world, or provide the best future for your family, or just have the most fun you can in life, it helps to have a few friends with more money or influence or status than you. But such a person may have a different perspective on life than you, different needs than other friends of yours. How can you make sure you prove a true friend to such a person? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cost of Glory, where we draw inspiration and practical wisdom from the lives of great figures of the past. We use Plutarch as our guide. So, how do you win friendships with powerful and influential people? And not just that, but keep them and have them be mutually beneficial. Plutarch actually thought a lot about this question. Take, for instance, his friend King Philopappus. Plutarch tells a story of a dinner party one time in Athens where he and Philopappus were both guests after a music festival, and they shared some common interests in history and poetry, and they had a very stimulating conversation. He records some highlights of it. And this guy Philopappus seems to have been a generous and curious soul. Now, Plutarch was a pretty respectable guy, a local leader at his nearby hometown of Chironea, a priest at Delphi. But Philopappus was in another league entirely. He was a Greco-Armenian prince of Comagene, an area in northern Syria who was a client state, an ally of the Romans. Well, how do you relate to someone like that? I mean, this man was friends with the emperor Trajan. Trajan made Philopappus one of the consuls one year. And the consulship in the Roman Empire was different from the consulship in the Roman Republic, but It was still a massive honor. Your name would be known throughout the world. How do you befriend someone like that and not seem like some fawning flatterer and, therefore, a parasite rather than a friend? Philopappus was fabulously wealthy, brilliant, famous, beloved. But, you know, he was human too. He had experienced great pain and suffering in his life. He had a childhood filled with tensions and violent displacements, troubles reminiscent of some of the heroes in Plutarch's lives, like King Pyrrhus. Philopappus and his family were political refugees and settled in Athens. Status and power represent real barriers to people sharing commonality. In all the important respects, it's the same now as it was then. A person like Philopappus is constantly being looked at, constantly being hounded with letters and petitioners, asked to give money to this or that cause. Is your life like that? It's not easy to reach across the divide and relate to people outside your station. And someone like Philopappus is also being tempted in different ways than a person of more modest station like Plutarch. 
Plutarch wrote an essay to Philopappus. He dedicated it to him. It's called How to Tell a Friend from a Flatterer. And at the beginning, Plutarch implicitly gives us a tip. He explains that we are all tempted to love ourselves, but love is blind, and thus we tend to be blind with respect to our own faults unless something challenges us. But this is especially difficult for someone of high status in life because few people around them will challenge them in any way. If they're not careful, they may surround themselves with flatterers. And the flatterer is dangerous because he prevents us from following the Delphic maxim to know thyself, which was so important to Socrates and Plato. The best flatterers are extremely tricky. They will mix their praise with carefully selected criticism, like a cook putting a little salt or vinegar in a dish to cut its sweetness so as to make the sugary delicacy go down all the more easily. It's actually quite a vexing question, selecting good friends, especially when so many people of such mixed quality are hammering at your door, demanding to be your friend. And Plutarch understood this. He sympathized with this problem. And therefore, he shows us by example how we can make a beginning in forming relationships with selective people. And that is, try to see things from their perspective. What do they need? What problems are they really dealing with? What value can you offer that would actually be good for them? Plutarch wrote a whole book taking the perspective of Philopappus and other of his influential friends. So think about this the next time you want to approach a new connection or cold email someone, invite some bigwig to a baseball game or a charity crab boil. Ask yourself, what challenges is this person dealing with? Mutual sympathy is a necessary basis for any real relationship, one that is based on mutual benefit and trust. Philopappus's great stone funeral monument still stands today at the top of the Hill of the Muses in Athens, but he wasn't Plutarch's only powerful friend, or even his most influential one. So maybe he knew what he was doing. And if you're on the other side of the equation, the Philopappus side, do you know how to tell a friend from a flatterer? Stay strong, stay ancient. This is Alex Petkus. Until next time.